Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows. All of it. I think we're going to have a good time on this podcast, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you'll tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. It is very possible that you have never heard of the Focus on Faith podcast. That's partly because this is a very new thing. This is, in fact, episode three of three. And I'm really glad you're with us for this little step on a road that I hope takes us on a long and joyful journey. I do know it will be a better journey because you're here. This episode, episode three, is called This Fallen World is Out of Kilter. I feel sure that you've wondered about that little word that I just use a lot during your life. Take heart. The answer is forthcoming. Well, as we're on our way on this journey, I probably should tell you something about me. I've told you before, I don't find me all that boring, but I just don't want to bore you too much right now. And I think I'd rather you learn more than you want to know about me just along the journey as we talk about life. Suffice it to say right now that I'm a pastor, a writer, a singer, a record maker, an editor, a copy editor, an audiobook narrator, a husband, a father, a grandfather. Oh, I love that one. And best of all, a child of God. I like telling stories. I like sharing life. And I hope that some of the stories and anecdotes and experiences that we talk about on this podcast, you might be able to resonate with as well. A few years ago, I was on a short little motorcycle trip. Now, we've taken some fun ones uh, over the years to Kerrville and the beautiful hill country of Texas. And we've taken a, a fun trip up to Big Bend, over to Big Bend in Texas and gone up, uh, ridden a little in the, the Davis Mountain area and all of that. And it was a lot of fun. This was just a little short trip over to a town about 30 miles away with some good motorcycling friends just to eat and enjoy a meal together and come home. Well, we got over there and one of my friends said, hey, there's something wrong with your lights. Whenever you tried to turn a turn signal on left or right, wow, things kind of went a little crazy and you had lights blinking in places you didn't want them to blink. You had lights that are not supposed to blink blinking and you had things just kind of messed up a little bit. Something is wrong. Well, he was telling me that something was out of kilter, and it was. I chased down that electrical problem for a good while, spent hours trying to figure that out. Electrical problems in vehicles will drive you utterly insane. Somebody finally told me, you ought to go talk to Dewey Moore. Well, he knew, and I knew too, that Dewey has forgotten more about motorized vehicles and how they work than I'll ever know. And so I went and talked to Dewey, great guy. We love Dewey and Judy. They're members of our church and great friends. Dewey said, you know, Curtis, that sounds like a ground problem. Well, when you think about a ground problem in a motorcycle, you might be thinking a little bit about some prepositional phrase that's just repugnant, like on the ground. That's not what he was talking about. He was talking about a grounding, an electrical grounding problem. And he was exactly right. 
I finally looked back there at that left tail light and realized that the chrome on that light that looks so shiny and pretty is pretty much sprayed on. It's a, a little bit of a filigree or whatever you want to call it over plastic. And the light bulb had rubbed through a little bit and that plastic was no longer, you know, the, the bulb was no longer grounded as it should be to the frame of the motorcycle. And I fixed that and everything suddenly worked again. It was back in kilter. I guess you could say that, but we never say that, do we? I wonder a little about that. Now, at this point in the podcast, I probably should throw in a little bit of an ad here. This Focus on Faith podcast is brought to you by and talk a little bit about our sponsor. But the fact is, we don't have a sponsor just yet. I guess I'm sort of the sponsor, and we'll see what happens down the line. But I've got some things I want to tell you about, some of my own music and books and even some free things that I think you might enjoy. I'll definitely want to share some of those things with you as we go on. But right now, I've just got a request for you, and that is that if you like what you're hearing here, that you tell a friend about it. I hope that you'll subscribe yourself, and I hope you'll tell a friend about it, and maybe they'll subscribe and tell some other people about it. We're just trying to build our audience right now, and I surely would love to have you as one of our regular listeners and some of your friends and anybody that you think might enjoy this. Well, you're listening to this podcast already, and that probably means you're listening on a podcast player on your mobile phone or tablet or other device. And it may be that the very easiest thing to do is just to tell your friend, if you'd like to, about that podcast app that you use. And then you can tell them just to search for Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne and see what pops up. If they have a hard time finding it, maybe the easiest way would be just to send them over to my website, www. Curtis Shelburne, no space, and there's an E on the end of that, dot com. If they go up to the top of the opening page there, over on the right, they'll see podcast. If they click on that, it'll take them right to it. And there's a way down below just to easily subscribe. And also the players are listed where this podcast is easily searchable. Sure would love it if you tell somebody about it. That sounds more complicated than it is. I mentioned recently, if you're a toddler, you probably can do this already. If you're my age, your best bet might just be to ask a grandkid. Anyway, that's my ad for today. And now, let's focus on faith. The Online Etymology Dictionary That's the name of a website I discovered recently. No, it is not a site devoted to the knowledge about bugs. That's entomology. Etymology is indeed a logi, so it's the science of something, but not creepy crawlies. Etymology is the science of word derivations. The site's owners describe it as a map of the wheel ruts of modern English. Nicely put. I'm glad somebody created such a site. I'm imagining them as a group of underappreciated, underpaid, societally undervalued, mildly depressive, but devoted English majors who are also afflicted with the kind of itch history helps scratch. Even for a society on technological steroids, it's probably good to keep around a few of the old fossils just described. Math and science folks help us know how to go really fast and do cool stuff. Humanities folks help answer 
pesky questions about which direction we're going and what cool stuff is worth doing, and where there have been wrecks we maybe should avoid. I don't know. Sometimes I look at some of the humanities departments these days, and I see pretty much a wreck there. But I feel better just knowing that the online etymology dictionary is available and doing good work for humanity. It'd be a shame for some fine old English words and phrases to be lost or orphaned and nobody know from whence they came. Sometimes a phrase comes along and just begs you to try to meet its parents by following the wheel ruts back up the road a bit. I was grabbed by just such a phrase recently, and that's when I discovered this site. You already know what it is. If something is out of working order or alignment, out of order, not in good condition, we might say it's out of whack. But we're just as likely to say it's out of kilter. We know what that means. But why does it mean what it means? What, pray tell, is the kilter something might be out of? My money was on kilter being an old nautical term. I like old nautical terms. In fact, I love playing the game Balderdash, where you try to fool each other with false definitions. I guess uh, there aren't enough commandments. Uh, I don't know if I should say this, that I haven't broken yet, that I like a game where you win by lying, and lying really effectively. Well, my family has learned, when we play this game, if anybody says a nautical term meaning, well, that's probably me. So I can't say that much anymore. But I just thought kilter sounded kind of nautical. Or maybe it was a surveyor's or navigator's term. Nope. I learned that the phrase first shows up in the 1620s. Kilter is a variant of the English kelter, K-E-L-T-E-R, which pops up around 1600 and means good condition or order. But why does it mean that? The word was sired somewhere. You never met a word without some verbal ancestors. Alas, this one is short on birth records. That's too bad, because it's a cool word and part of a great phrase. It's a shame Al Gore wasn't around to invent the Internet a few hundred years earlier. Maybe if the online etymology dictionary had been around just a bit longer, a good phrase wouldn't be so sadly orphaned. And just maybe, the world would be a little less out of kilter. I hope you're not feeling out of kilter today. Yes, we live in an out of kilter world, but we can thank our Father for the gift He gave to be sure that one day pure joy and complete goodness and order will reign, and nothing and nobody will ever again be out of, well, you know. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it again, please tell some friends about it. Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day. <music>